Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I'm joined once again by Derek. What's up, Derek? What's up, buddy? Ah, uh, man, I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm good. good. All you right. Know. It's good to see you. Um, what uh, What's your week been like? I've been off of work oh. due to my injury. Okay. Um, so it's been kind of, uh, let's see, catching up on a lot of random TV shows that mm-hmm. I've wanted to start. And um, <laughs> see what else. Any good TV shows? That's why I keep starting them. Oh, gotcha. It's because <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but no, I have. Let's see. So I've been doing that. Um, I'm starting a new RC car hobby. So my buddy plays with these little um, RC car like rock crawlers, mm-hmm. and they're like fairly cheap. But he took me out the other day to go play around because I was stuck at home, and yeah. you know, you can only watch so much TV and read so many comic books before it starts to get repetitive. Yep. Yeah, like off-road rock crawler RC cars. So I'm going to go pick one of those up today and start hopefully getting some extra entertainment for myself instead yeah. of just staring at a TV screen. <laughs> now, are these uh, are these modeled after like real cars? Or are they just... Mm-hmm. Or, oh, okay, cool. Which one are you planning yeah, on it's, getting? It's like plastic body kits that you can customize how oh, you want to. okay. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's And they're just... Honestly, they're kind of cheap, and there's a lot of places around here to play with them. Yeah. So it just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that sounds anyway, awesome. Anyway, how's your week been? <laughs> uh, my week was good. Uh, I was in the desert uh, over the weekend uh, mm-hmm. doing some recording with a band of mine. And uh, how did that go? It was good. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, this was the first project that uh, this band, the band's called Mildred. This is the first project like we've recorded. Um, mm-hmm. And we got to do it with a guy named Alex Estrada, who uh, owns Pale Moon Audio and now Pale Moon Ranch. Uh, (laughs) Because he bought like a big house out in the middle of the desert, um, just north of Los Angeles, and has converted his ranch into a destination for recording. And it was really fun, man. Yeah, you kind of just get, it's kind of cool to be in a space like that where you can kind of just immerse yourself in the music and kind of only focus on that for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was good, man. It was a lot of fun. I imagine. I've never had that sort of situation even oh, back yeah. when I was in a band, uh-huh. but like, it always sounded like a really fun time. Yeah, it was a good way, especially for the type of music that Mildred is. It's very like, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's experimental and kind of like um, progressive in some ways in terms of like, the songs are not really structured like like in like a traditional kind of pop or like rock format. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of like, it's structured more in like movements, and so it was really kind of cool, like to for those long songs and stuff like that to really kind of be in a space where you can just focus on the music and whatnot. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I went to a, a cool little gift shop slash barbecue restaurant out there, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, How was the barbecue? Barbecue was not bad for Southern California. Um, it was yeah. it was Texas style barbecue, hmm. so. Um, it was good. A lot of brisket good. and tri-tip and that type of stuff. It was really good. Cool. Um, yeah, so my week was good. Um, you. So you said you've been trying to watch some TV shows. Any any of the ones you ran through you want to share? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all been ones that people have been recommending me over years, and I've oh, been okay. like, yeah, like I'll put it on there. Now I finally have time to like get through the fake list that I tell people I'll put movies yeah. and stuff on. Mm-hmm. Because I have a list, but it's stuff that I do, and generally in conversation, like unless I really feel like I'll like it, I don't add it. But these have been kind of rattling around in my brain that people have uh, recommended for me, and um, I don't know. 
I just mm-hmm. don't. They just haven't done it for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I've been rewatching Arrested Development. That's been good. But I, I finally hit the point where, like, I'm like, all right, the rest of the show, I'm not too particularly yeah, interested in. Yeah, that show <laughs> very quickly hits a ledge and just jumps right off of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, uh, and if you've seen this movie, you will understand that uh, transition as a reference. But mm-hmm. um, I just last night or yesterday afternoon, I went as uh, on a matinee and saw everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, the all new the Michelle time, Yeo all together. Movie. Yes, all together, everyone. All the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I went, <laughs> yes, I went and saw that yesterday. Um, How was that? Oh, dude, it. Uh, I I gushed on Instagram yesterday, but I, I think I it's, saw. Yeah, I. It honestly, was that good, huh? It, it is that good. Um, and I I'm I'm not gonna say it's the best movie of all time, and not that I don't mm-hmm. think that it is a contender for that, but just sure. because I think that's impossible to say. <laughs> Like, I hate when people say that because I feel like that's an impossible metric. But it definitely, I think it is one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time. Wow. Okay. High Mm -hmm. praise. Yeah. I will, uh, I was going to check it out, but I foolishly went and saw Morbius yesterday. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Oh, I know we will. Because we, for listeners, um, we had one of those rare moments where we texted each other at the same, I texted him, I was like, going into Morbius right now. And he's like, great, I'm going into everything all together. And I went. I, I want to be in that movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have the only reason I didn't is because I told you I ran a time, but I also remember that AJ really wanted to see that, the everything mm-hmm. all together. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. now I can't go see it. So I have yeah. to go see Morbius. <laughs> right. Um, I, I have also seen Morbius, so we will definitely get into that a bit here. Um, mm. I, uh, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once is a movie that is impossible to, I can describe it to you and I will. Um, mm-hmm. For the sake of this podcast, but it is a movie that, um, no matter how you describe it to someone, like it will, f- it will not, it will fail to communicate the type of experience you will or you are likely to have when actually watching the movie. Mm. So the movie is essentially about um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, um, who is just an average um, Chinese American woman who owns a uh, who's basically at her wits end with life trying to just manage all of her things that she has going on um it seems like every at every turn of her life the worst possible thing goes wrong mm-hmm. um and she is given the ability at some point in the movie to travel the multiverse uh and tap into the consciousnesses of the various versions of her that exist across the multiverse. And she goes on a journey of self-actualization that I will not share any more about. And, and it, but it is also like, it is served to you on a, on a, it, it, it is served to you on a platter as a, as an artfully done action comedy, but it, it underneath that at its core, it is, um, one of the most beautiful um, meditations on uh, existence and what it means to exist in a you know a seemingly infinitely chaotic universe <laughs> and and what to do uh, when facing that um, immense um, dichotomy between between being mm. just one of many instances of yourself and like facing 
the the existential dread of what that all means and it is it is a resounding love letter to uh, actually I won't even go I won't even go that far you need to see okay. it it's amazing I cried for 30 minutes it is long um it's in my opinion it's longer than it probably needs to be but that's not a bad thing in this case okay um in the same way that like trying to think Titanic probably doesn't need to be a three-hour movie, but you're not no. upset that it is. You well, know what I mean? Titanic is one of those movies that the the whole point of why we showed up to that movie was to watch the Titanic sink, and that right. doesn't happen until the very end. Right. And it's not even really – I mean, it's a major plot point, but it's not even really dealt with as a major plot point. It's kind of just no. like, all right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the it, it's you know in, in the same way that Titanic is a love story that takes place on a ship that is going to sink in the last thirty minutes of the movie. <laughs> like you're not surprised when it happens. No, no, and I don't think you're supposed to be. It's like it's not no. like oh what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm watching Holy this movie. Holy cow! The it's called the Titanic, and I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be. I would love to get a time machine. Go back in time to the uh-huh. premiere of Titanic, and in the middle, when it all starts going wrong, just scream in the premiere theater, like, "Wait, it sinks!" <laughs> but what about their love? Oh, this is not good for them. What happens? Yeah. Will they survive this? Will they going to be know? okay? Is there air? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> oh, Galaxy Quest references. Um, <laughs> all day. All day long. All day long, baby. Um it it is very good. Uh I like the first I think the first like hour 45 minutes to 2 hours is a very well a very a very I would say the first hour and a half is a very competently and very artfully made action comedy. Uh and the last okay. like 45 minutes of the movie is like relentlessly beating you over the head with the most beautiful message and beautiful love story you've ever seen and and i oh, cried wow. for like 30 minutes straight oh geez okay that means i'm gonna just straight ball <laughs> yeah and it, and it's love not not just in romantic love it's love across all different kinds of love you you have to see it dude it is okay i'm going to see it, it is the movie of the year honestly like if uh, it was I released way too late for this past year's Oscars, but mm-hmm. this next year's Oscars, if it doesn't que- clean sweep everything, I will be shocked. Well, here's the problem. we always You always run that risk. If you open your movie too early, then people don't yeah. remember it around the time of award right. season. Right. I so, really hope they do because this movie well, is Well, I insane. do too, but I hate to break it to you. You mm-hmm. might not see that sweep. I don't know. It might get like, eh, for writing. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Because that's how it happens when a lot of those super good movies come out, like Early. just after the Oscars. Yeah, is they kind of just get forgotten, which yeah. is a bummer. But yeah, I th- I think the I think this movie is going to have sort of like, uh, honestly, in the same way that I think uh, 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 and it, Crazy Rich Asians is tied into this mm-hmm. movie a lot because there's a lot of crossover with um, the people in it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in the same way that that movie, um, I think. Uh, got a lot of praise and word of mouth on like business on the back end. I think this movie is going to go mm-hmm. through the same thing. I think this movie, it's April now. This movie, if like I could see it getting like a re-release at some point, um, totally. like maybe whatever the next big holiday is, because I I think this movie like as people are starting to see it, because I think it, it came out this past weekend, and as people mm-hmm. are starting to see it, because one thing I told my friend about this, I was like. 
the who my friend who also saw the movie, I was like, uh, the the trailer does such a a bad job, and and it's not the trailer editor's fault because there's really no way without spoiling the movie to really give you an idea of what the movie is going to be like. Right. But the trailer just makes it seem like, oh, okay, it's a fun Michelle Yeoh kind of sci-fi action comedy. Like, yeah. no, dude, you like <laughs> your life might be changed by this movie. <laughs> yeah, you got to see it. It's really good. I love it. Really I'm good. excited, man. Um, now to shift gears to a movie that is uh nowhere near as good as that. <laughs> um, let's uh let's and talk- even including it in the same podcast is a bit of an insult to the uh, <laughs> right. to the good movies. <laughs> right. We we both saw Morbius. We um, got yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Derek, what were you? We sure did see Morbius. <laughs> and Morbius is a movie that's been delayed for a long time. Um, years. What, yeah, years years um what what were your thoughts sort of leading up to this movie were you excited at all what were your expectations um no i was not excited at all mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i very much was not looking forward to uh, i'll put it this way morbius it's like what chelsea said last episode mm-hmm. morbius is a very specific type spider-man villain Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of depth to him and a lot of emotional, you know, character pull, and and it's, he's a complicated character in a in a really good way. Jared Leto is a complicated person mm-hmm. in a very entertaining way, but those two things don't work together on screen. Um, I yeah. found the writing to be extremely trite, yes. and just. It felt like they. It felt like they took. It's kind of like my problem with Venom and Carnage. It's like they took everybody with a artistic sense from two thousand three, two thousand four, <laughs> yeah. and they decided to keep. They keep make. It's making me mad. They keep making these movies with technology yeah. and and graphics and stuff that are. They've been out of date for decades. Yeah. It like I, it's yes. baffling to me. Jared Leto did. He did it. I think he did a good job with what he was given. Yep. But he wasn't given much. Right. And I don't think he was directed properly. Mm-hmm. So this felt like a movie that the actors were really left to pick up the pieces and try to figure out like how they wanted the movie to go as opposed to having like a direction like a strong direction hand from the beginning. Yes. It felt like maybe the director might have gotten bossed around a little bit yes. or something like that, but it if this is the product that they give us after time and they could have done reshoots and more stuff like that to it, mm-hmm. then I go, you need to stop making – Give we need to stop letting Sony make Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Because they're, uh, they're ruining it. Yes, I agree. I uh, So to me, this movie – I think you nailed it. The movie feels very dated. Like it mm-hmm. feels like – and not just like, oh, because it was supposed to come out two years ago. and it didn't. No, no, it does feel like from 2003 – uh, latest, I, latest, I would say, release would be 2008. Right. <laughs> it's a 2003 to 2008 release. 100%. It feels like this would have come out at the same time as like Blade Trinity or something. You and I would have gone to see this in college. 100%. And we would have walked out and been like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, we would have been like, oh, okay, it's a good time. Like this yeah. movie... It's like it's 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 as if they had they haven't seen any superhero movie or really any just genre movie in the past fifteen years, um, yeah. because this movie doesn't feel like it has a take or uh, it doesn't feel like anything. It just kind of feels like a bunch of people showed up and it was kind of made by committee and. You know, he's a vampire, so we got to kind of hit these story beats, and yeah, he's got a brother, and you know, 
<laughs> you know, it like was kind of yeah. like... <laughs> well, t- just the fact that you can't really describe what happens in the movie is a testament to the fact that nothing really happens in the movie. Like, I'm like, yes, stuff's happening on screen, but nothing's really going on in this film. I would also like to say that it just mm-hmm. breaks my heart that Matt Smith cannot get a good role in a good movie. Right. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's such... <laughs> A talented, if you look at his British stuff or like in The Crown, Mm -hmm. he's so good and he's so talented. And I know, and I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of his Doctor Who, so I know Mm -hmm. the range and the stuff that he can do. And he just, for some weird reason in America cinema, he just cannot catch a break. Yeah. He was in that terrible Terminator movie. It's like he's (laughs) just right on the cusp of really finding his. And it's to his credit, he takes breaks and he does other things in between, like he does stage play, like stage productions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like he's working, but it just hurts me because I'm like, we're so close to making him like a really good hero or villain or something like that that Americans would really like like to watch. You know, it's kind of I feel the right. kind same kind of way about Dan Stevens, right? Mm-hmm. Like almost there to where like we can push the gas pedal down, but we're kind of idling a little bit. Yeah. And not in a bad way, because, you know, what was it um, with Dan Stevens? Um, the TV show, the X-Men TV show that he was on. Oh, um, there's an X-Men TV show? Yeah, he plays um, Professor X's son with all the multiple personalities oh, that have the different yeah. powers associated uh, to him. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Legion. Legion. Legion, yes. Yes. Yes, like Dan Stevens on Legion, and that was great. Yeah. But... I don't know. He seems like his other roles he hasn't quite figured out. Yeah. What his deal is. So I'd like to see D- Dan Stevens as Nova personally. That'd be cool. Be cool but, casting. You know. Whatever. So, he was the bad guy in the Eternals, and I didn't realize that until way later when we <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that was him. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> My bad. Um this movie feels like it was hacked to death. Um oh. especially when you compare it to like the way the trailers were setting this movie up. What it feels like happened to this movie to me was, okay, they had this movie that they wanted to release in, I think, 2019 or 2020. COVID happened. Also, um, I think Sony and Marvel, like, because of the changes COVID made to release schedules, like, I think more movies have come out than would have come out before this movie that pertain to this universe. And Mm -hmm. I think the universe, like Sony and Marvel, have decided to go a different direction. And, and like, I think if this movie had come out before Spider-Man No Way Home, I think we would have seen a very different version of this movie. Uh Uh-huh. But I think because Spider-Man No Way came, No Way Home came out, and we we've done a hard reset of the Spider-Man universe. I think all of the stuff that was in here that connected this to other movies had has essentially just been cut out of the movie. Yeah, um, they waited too long. They should have just yes. released it on streaming. They definitely and should been have. like, "Hey, Amazon Prime Video, here you go." Because honestly, mm-hmm. it's a perfect pandemic streamer. A hundred percent. Like getting me up to go out to the movie theaters, I expect a certain level of excellence. Yep. This does not have that. Um, but what I will say is that Yeah, if they'd released it at the time it was supposed to come out, I feel like it would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But as of now, we have this isolated deal, nothing happens, and then and then at the end, he meets Vulture for some weird reason, and we're supposed to be like, oh, cool, they're teaming up? Why would they team up? <laughs> yeah, for what reason? <laughs> oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, the experience that I had for Morbius was actually really nice. I had the whole theater to myself. Mm, that's the best. Which shows you how successful that movie's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it was a 110 matinee on a Monday though, so mm-hmm. I'm not putting too much stock in it. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just I went in with low expectations, and even those weren't even like met. Yeah, I I think <laughs> the biggest issue with the movie is that there's no fun to be had. It's not fun. There's no like this should be the most fun Sony slash Marvel movie we've seen. Uh, That's of, a good point. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's just not like there's just no. like I, I like it because a lot of people like will probably like attack how silly like some of the concepts are in the movie and they are silly. But I mm-hmm. mean, there's silly concepts in everything. Um, yeah. But you have to have characters that if you're going to have silly stuff, you have to have some fun with it. Like even mm-hmm. it's 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 like this movie. It's like whoever made this movie saw Blade once like with the sound <laughs> off. And just assumed, like, oh, I know what to do. We'll just make it all very serious and gritty. But no, like... With the sound <laughs> off! <laughs> because because uh, with Blade, like, yes, it's a very serious and... and, and, and um, it's a very serious movie on the face of it. but like, mm-hmm. and, and the movie does take itself seriously. But oh, yes. it, there also is a... There's fun to be had. Like, uh, Wesley Snipes is playing, you know, a terminator style like one note kind of guy, but he has a charisma to him and some of his stone-facedness is played for laughs. Like yes. this movie is like there's no laughs to be had. It takes itself <laughs> way too seriously. 100%. It take this movie takes itself as seriously as seriously as Jared Leto takes himself. <laughs> right. Right. Which and, is incredibly yeah. seriously. <laughs> right. Uh, uh probably too serious. <laughs> too, far, far too seriously. Yeah. And and the most baffling thing to me is that you have uh Al Madrigal, who's a, a comedian, and He was the best. Yes. And you have Tyrese Gibson in this movie, who is being asked to do nothing. <laughs> I laughed. Every time he was on screen, because he clearly didn't even need to be there. They were like, we'll just put like this hot black guy on screen because we can. And my thing is like, don't get me wrong, from a visual perspective, I'm like, he's very attractive. So I'm not exactly mad about it. But at the same time, it's like, we could have just had Al Madrigal's character just be the mouthpiece for both because he essentially is. Like, I I wonder if there was more, like, if there were more jokes shot for this movie, but they, like, for some reason decided to cut him out. Because the one scene where where, um, Tyrese and Al Madrigal are uh, interrogating, I think it's Mm -hmm. Morbius. I think they're interrogating him. But there's that joke about, like... They're not even really interrogating. No, they're they're just kind of talking. They're chit-chat in a cell. (laughs) They're just kind of (laughs) goofing. They're just kind of there. They're like, ah, we don't have anything else to do. And he puts the holy, and Al Madrigal puts the holy water on the table. And him and Tyrese have this interaction where Tyrese is like, holy water? Seriously? Like, and that was a funny moment. And I'm like, I laughed out loud. More of this. Legitimately lulled in the in the theater. Yes, like if you're gonna have Jared Leto doing Jared Leto and like being serious, that all that is fine because the, I think you know the totally. main character, especially a character like Morbius, like he should take himself very seriously. But you should have a world that is calling out at every moment how crazy this all is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wait, what? You're a vampire? Like, yeah. no one seems to care or is phased by the fact that he's a vampire. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh, he's a vampire. Oh, well, now we know what we're dealing with. Like, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they just are like, oh, vampires are real, huh? Cool. So lunch? <laughs> yeah. It's it's nuts, dude. Like, uh, and, and it would be, yeah. It, it was just so, 
it's just so weird. Like it, it was just a very weird movie. <laughs> yeah. It was problematic in a way that like I don't know. Yeah. Now to its credit though, I so I liked what they were trying to do with I thought what they were trying to do with with uh Jared Leto and um Matt Smith and the, you know mm-hmm. their dynamic and stuff like that and I kind of liked what they were trying to do. Like, I liked that 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 storyline, that arc of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, he has essentially found a miracle cure of sorts for, you know, the disease they both have, obviously, with some um, devastating downsides and side effects. But I mean, I like that idea. I like and I think that makes Matt Smith a very plausible character and a very plausible villain to be like, hey, man, like. You you found a cure that I won't die because of yeah. like you and, and should share that with me. Not only that you won't die, you get abs. Yeah, you're exactly. hot. Exactly, and you have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Screw you! I want that. Yeah, I, like and I I loved Matt Smith's character and what his character was there to do. I loved that he became like this like vampire like you know. I wish this one comic booky yes. vampire villain. Yes. I wish this movie was two things. I wish okay. this movie was rated R. Me too. And I wish this movie was about their like I wish they were gay lovers instead of brothers. And they, Thank and they you. weren't and they weren't physical brothers, like they weren't blood brothers, so no. they could have been in love with each other. And I wish that was part of it because this movie is so about the tension of like like I was watching it and I'm like this movie is like Matt Smith is in love with Jared Leto in this movie. Like mm-hmm. And I wish they would have just leaned into that and, like, the movie been about, like, basically been an analogy, like, vampirism being an analogy for, like, Jared Leto, like, stepping into fullness and realizing that he's a gay man and, and right. him trying to fight that and, 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 or not trying to fight it, but at least, like, trying to do it in his way. And Matt Smith being like, no, if you're going to be this, you got to, you know, you got to go all in and you got to be this. Like, I would have loved that, but, like, it was kind of, they, they felt, you could obviously tell, like, like, they felt like they couldn't do that. And so they were just right. kind of like, well, we'll have all the same beats, but just we'll do a light version of it. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking when I was watching it that it would have been better if they were gay lovers. Yeah. like Because that I, random girl just doesn't need to be there. No. Yeah, that love interest plot line Martin. just was, it felt so tacked on and they had it, no chemistry. I didn't even believe for a second. They had zero chemistry. Zero. I didn't believe so for a bad. second they were interested in each other. Yeah, I wish this movie was. I wish it was R-rated mostly because, like, I, like I wanted it to, I wanted it to be more. Like I wanted the violence to be more chaotic and like mm-hmm. more threatening than it was. Yeah, um, I, I think that would have played well for like wh- why because. The whole point of Jared Leto's character is he's like, well, I don't want to become an animal and, and drink human blood, essentially. That's his conundrum. But right. we don't – the stakes of what that means for him as a human being aren't very well established in a PG-13 movie. Because the only people that we see him kill out yeah. of hunger and necessity are bad guys, so yes. we don't really feel that bad for yeah. them. And the violence isn't as over the top as you'd probably want it to be, because nope. we need to understand what he's afraid of becoming, and we don't. I want really to be scared of it. That. Yes, we don't really. I'm not scared that. of it. I think it looks cool. Yeah, it looks. He looks. He seems very in control of himself. <laughs> oh yeah, all you have to do is drink human blood. Okay, so just you own a lab, yeah. open up a blood donation side of that lab, and then you're just you have a supply. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to kill anybody for it. 
Like, yeah. as long as you're not killing anybody and you're still drinking blood, I don't really see the problem with that. Yes. I Maybe wish... I'm weird. Maybe I've been overexposed to vampire stuff, but, like, that to me doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It's the murder that's the problem. Yeah. I wish this movie was about, it was an R-rated, you know, like, vampy kind of, mm-hmm. like, gothic like dark neon goth yeah like dark yeah. gothic like a, like dark action almost like action comedy where it's like the movie like the movie is about like Matt Smith being like oh you never you know you never would embrace our love in in mm. our in our doomed life but now that we're eternal I'm going to I'm going to seduce you into being a full vampire and I wish it, they just leaned all the way into that and really let Matt Smith like go for it and be like the vampire devil kind of you know what i mean oh yeah because he was trying to do that right he definitely was. also my other thing with matt smith i don't find a vampire that threatening if he's in a day glow suit right (laughs) like he's in suits and ties i'm like you're not that scary like you've got a weird face why should i be afraid of you yeah and 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 i think if the movie were more if the the movie were r-rated i think there's ways you could have yeah. made him more menacing than he ends up being, even if he is yep. in a suit. But uh, I think, yeah, this trying to make this this PG thirteen like four quadrant movie like really I think hurt the story. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so that, that's Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the post credit scenes, like you said, uh, he meets up with uh, uh, Vulture, and Vulture's like, "Ah, we should work together," and that's really it, basically. And out loud, I was like. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, how do they even know this? These? How do they even know each other? And why are they meeting all the way out in the desert? Exactly. Exactly. They're from New York, and they're in the desert. Do you know where the desert is? It's in the Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> so that means they drove across the country just to have a meeting when they could do a phone call. I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, and I have a question. Yeah, can, what's up? Can he fly? Who? Morbius? Yeah. Yeah. You see it in the movie. No, but like, is that flying? I don't know anymore, Asan. They didn't set the rules up for me, so now I'm left to just guess the best I can. And can Matt and no, Smith fly? No, sir. I don't know if he can fly. It looks like he's super light and wayfish, and the breeze just picks him up and carries him away. Yeah, I wish they would have explained, and I get why, for a logistical reason, why they were incentivized not to explain it. Yeah. But I wish they would have explained like what his flight is compared to you know superman or some other kind of flying he's more like glidy yeah but like the wind seems to be with him no matter where he is which is weird well i don't even know if it's the wind as much as it is his weird like bleed through effect that he has when he moves that i was like what is happening oh and it changes color based on what you're wearing yeah also if you're gonna have a have a movement sort of thing like that do not go into bullet time on it don't ramp don't slow it down and freeze frame it it looks terrible. I don't need yeah. to see it. So, I, yeah, if it were me, what I would have done is I would have, because I liked the way they visualized it. I just don't think they did enough to explain what it actually is. Um, how right. I would have explained it, I would, and, and here's another thing. They set up the echolocation thing, but that, one, it's very poorly, like, explained. Because it, mm-hmm. you, it, it's just like, I have this weird sort of, like, echolocation and that's the it only works like line Google maps i can <laughs> yeah. put a pin yeah 
That's like the only line uh, of lip service paid to the the explanation. And then in the scene where we we see him use it, he's just standing in a room and like emits some kind of pulse and catches a rubber ball without looking for it. But that's not really what echolocation well, Asan, is. He threw the rubber ball without looking at it. So it's cool when he catches it without looking at it. But that's not also really I like the fact that he opens it up. Yeah, it's so dumb. Well, the other let's talk about the other thing, the thing I was yeah. making fun of, which is where he opens up his echolocation to the entire city, finds out where they're at, and then just drops one little pulse pin on there like Google Maps. I was like, what is what? <laughs> That's not echolocation. It's not how it works, man. Echolocation. I don't even 100% know how it works, and I know that's not how it works. <laughs> well, echolocation is simply like bouncing a sound off of the walls to make a visual representation in the dark. Like, it's not like you can, like, distinguish one voice from another and see what people look like. That's not what echolocation <laughs> is. <laughs> Nor what is they're it a doing, thing- what they tried to do is they tried to take his echolocation and use it like the cell phone uh, map in, yes. ba- in the in the Dark Knight. Yes, it's exactly what they tried to do. Is they were like, oh, this will be cool. It'll be just like Batman. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah but Batman and, earned it. Also, echolocation, like with specifically with the ball, like throwing the rubber ball. Echolocation doesn't work with moving objects, especially yeah, objects that are right? tiny and moving really fast. Echolocation merely maps what like the surrounding walls and like because bats yeah. use it to navigate caves in the dark. It's He's the- not Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> um, uh, le- <laughs> Let's move on. Um, <laughs> you and I are going to make fun of this one for a while, yeah, I have a feeling. I think so. Um, uh, I sent you a couple things this week. We sent each other a couple things that we I want to touch on before we talk about. Um, you saw Moon Knight episode two, yeah? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So That's before what we're we, talking about today, yes. so I hope so. Okay. Because uh, I, I was a little confused. I was, like, I was thinking this morning, I'm like, I hope he doesn't think we're only going to review Morbius. But no, that's good. Um, no, no, no. I knew that because there isn't a single way I would allow us to have an entire episode where we just talk about <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I refuse. Um, I won't let it happen. So we saw an image of uh, Gore, the God Killer, God Hunter. Is it God Hunter or God Killer? God Butcher. God Butcher. Oh, excuse me. Um, uh, this was an image that is on a, a, the back of a toy, like a figurine of gore mm-hmm. that's being sold. And we get our first look at, of Christian Bale in the makeup. And, uh, you said you were hoping for more comic accurate gore. Right. Now this is just the toy stuff. So I'm hoping it isn't finalized, but right. the thing that makes this the Christian Bale version of gore and make me not like it is he looks monastic. Uh huh. And that's not what gore is. Okay. He's not like a, a zealot monk. I mean, he's a zealot, but he's not a zealot monk. He's just a mad. Uh-huh. He's an angry alien who realizes that the gods are BS and wants uh-huh. to enslave them all and then create a bomb that will kill any like super powered or like godlike being like the Asgardian gods, the Egyptian, like Moon Knight's uh-huh. guys, all oh. that stuff. So it would kill all of them, essentially. Do you, now, um, do you think we're going to get a gore cameo in Moon Knight? No. No, okay. <laughs> There's no way. It no. would make no sense unless unless it's unless we're involved with an Egyptian god consistently from here on out and we get mm-hmm. to know them really well and then that yeah. god gets killed by Gore. There's no way we'll ever they'll, they'll I, intro. I could see that happening as like a 
in the same way that like at the end of um, I think it was WandaVision, um, Nick Fury kind of shows up in a post credit stinger of the last episode. Yeah. I think something like that could happen where at the end of the first season, because I think, uh, and we'll get to Moon Knight, but I think be- the gods are in Moon Knight are being painted especially petty and like mm-hmm. not you know not because you know normally gods are thought of as like oh you know these great beings of these ones are very petty and they squabble and they talk shit <laughs> well the thing is that's kind of the way the actual egyptian pantheon is is they kind of squabble and talk shit on each other there we go the but i could totally like, see i could totally see at the end of this series Kanchu being killed and like either not necessarily by gore but i could see that triggering like gore to show up in a post-credit sequence like maybe he was well, on his way to kill Kanchu, and he's like hmm someone beat me to it or some shit like that yep. i think that could happen yeah that could happen yeah anything's possible at this point really however they want to like is possible you know intro their characters i just the problem with me is that the christian bale character design it looks more like just like a angry like monk from like the 1600s than it does yeah. an alien who is creating a genocide against god beings right I get that. I think he kind of looks like one of the uh, the war boys from. Uh, he does have that. From what you the see movie? the full? Mad did Max. you see the full um, figure character figure? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm gonna look that up and I'm gonna send it to you via chat. Cool, that'd be and then great. We can talk about that here. Quick. Um, yeah, some seconds. people were complaining, like, because I'm looking at an image of you know the image I sent you with the side by side. That gore. And he kind of looks more alien, like he doesn't have a nose and he has a really wide mouth and kind of has yep. that going on. I can understand why they didn't want to go that route. Um, I think at at this point in his career, Christian Bale is probably not interested in sin, in sitting under, you know, four or five hours of prosthetics every day. <laughs> then you know what my answer is? <laughs> What's that? Then get someone who will. That's true. But also, I think they uh, they probably didn't want to... A, cover up Christian Bale's face because I think they want, if they're going to give all this money to an actor, like they want you to be able to see his face. But two, I think they're, they've, with like certain shows in the Star Wars universe, like, uh, I think there's a lot of characters who kind of look like that, <laughs> that Disney has put out. And I don't think they want there to, like, there to be confusion. You know what I mean? Fair. Because there's a lot of like that's a real easy way to like make someone look alien is to like remove their nose and I just think they don't want any like sort of like hey is that that guy from Mandalorian you know what I mean <laughs> well then don't do gore there's my that's my answer <laughs> that's <true>. like <laughs> do it right or don't do it is kind of where I'm at okay I sent you the link to um so you can see the character in full okay take a look at this and we're loading and we're loading real as gore. Okay, this is um, yeah. Okay, I see it. I see it. Yeah, he. It, it's very like Knights Templar vibes, mm-hmm. like religious zealot from um, any of those um, angels and demons or yes. um, Da Vinci Code or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, objectively, I I don't hate it. Like, I think that's. I think a guy who is, um who has a you know he he's a zealot of sorts where he thinks it's it's right. his job to kill the gods so i don't mind the interpretation but i do i do like get like wanting it to be more comic book accurate for sure that's all i'm saying is i want it to look more alien he's an alien from an alien planet this looks like just a random dude with white body paint that he yeah. picked up from yeah. like 1401 and he's like in spain totally. he's like we must burn the witches like you'll do yeah exactly <laughs> no i get that 
Well, cool. Are you looking? That's my only complaint. Yeah. Are you looking forward Truthfully. to Thor: like, Love, God, and Thunder, or whatever yeah. it's called? <laughs> oh yeah, looking yeah. forward to it a big like just a bunch. But that's my only. So far, that's my only. I've seen a bunch of stuff from it, and that's my only problem so far. I'm just like, just make him look a little bit more alien. That's all I care about. Cool. And part of the thing is the effect, and I'm sure this they'll put this in with the effects. But my other worry is that if they make him look that different, I worry if the way his power set. Um, mm-hmm. shows up because his his sword is like if you see it in that first character of the actual gore the black right. that he's wearing mm-hmm. that's the actual like weapon that he has oh okay and so he has this like weird like inky black like um almost fluid like stuff that can turn into weapons and knives and like all sorts oh, of stuff okay. so well, that's cool so him with just a black sword I'm like I don't know if I like that as much because it takes it a little yeah. bit too less science fiction fantasy kind of yeah. stuff, you know? And I totally. feel like at this point with Marvel, we can lean more into that and be fine. I agree. Plus, um, also, if Christian Bale doesn't want his face altered by prosthetics, then just do what they did to Thanos and do it digitally. True. That's very true. <laughs> it's not hard. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, we should be getting... That. I would. When does that come out? When does Thor Love and Thunder come out? Oh, um, Love this and Thunder. This summer, right? It... Yeah. Okay, so we should probably be getting out. a trailer for that in like the next month or so, I would imagine. Maybe, probably yes. with Doctor Strange. Oh, most likely. Um, we also see, uh, so you also sent me, uh, there's a Percy Jackson uh, series coming. Yeah, they're redoing and, Percy Jackson with the kid from The Atom Project. Yeah, which I watched The Atom Project recently. Have you watched it? I did too. What'd you think? All right. I thought it was good. I think it, for me, it kind of uh, falls apart in the third act. Um, but I think mm-hmm. up to that point, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when it's just, you know, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, you know, having to deal with his younger self and all of that type of stuff. I think that's great. When we get into the third act of like what actually is going on and like the, the villains and all that, I'm like, ah, all right. But <laughs> this is a little lackluster on yeah. the motivation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but up until that point, I loved it. I think it was great. Awesome. Yeah, I, I loved it. I done the same. I had a really good time with it yeah. up until basically the, the up until the uh, the reasons for the bad lady being bad were unleashed and I went, "Oh, that's not good enough." Yeah. Yeah, I think the villains um, were kind of but it, it, it I mean it is you know, it's geared more towards children, so I get it. It's a st- it's a family movie. It's yes, a Steven it it's a Spielbergian movie. romp, you know, mm-hmm. where yeah, I yeah, I thought it was fine. Like it was, it was yeah. fun. I'm glad I watched it. It's a really good time. It's one of those movies where you can tell everyone had a good time making it. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> certain movies, you hear drama. This is one of those movies that it through the performances it comes out that people were really enjoying, like working on this film. So, yep. yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it other than like yeah. if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's yeah. a great popcorn Saturday night movie. Hundred yeah. um, percent. Also. Um Brie Larson is joining Fast and the Furious. She is uh, in a role that I she don't is now think has been a, family. She's now family. Uh, what do you think her role is? My guess is she's Paul Walker's sister. Um, of some description. I was going to say she's going to be somebody's sister because she's part of the family. Yeah, I think she's going to be a sister that Paul Walker's character never knew that he had, and she's Who's just also like a him CIA in agent. Yes. I think I yeah. think so. I think she's either CIA or some other kind of like law enforcement, and th- that Free will letter be her, abbreviated. Yes. Yeah, I think she's yeah. it, it, she's in the same way that Fast and the Furious. I think it's four starts out with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, we just talking about him. Uh, Kurt Russell. No, we just talking about him. I just mentioned him. 
oh. Paul Walker. The way Paul he Walker. starts yes. out as like a federal agent and then kind of like remembers his roots and his family. I think <laughs> I think she is going to be like, you know, some kind of like government agent that's after them. But she realizes like, wait, uh, you know, Paul Walker was my brother. I didn't know that. Now I yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> wow. He really meant something to you, didn't he? Yeah. Family. Yeah. We're family. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I think this is this is where that's going. I think so too. She's gonna be like after them for a minute, and then in the third act they're gonna find somebody that they can team up against together. Yeah. Probably Charlize Theron again or something. I don't know. Yeah, something with with another weird haircut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like um, it just to be Glenn Close and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, Glenn Close is the bad guy, but she's playing a man. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? Let's just go for it. Why um, not? It's the last one. Yeah. Or so they say. Um, do you think... So, in last movie, they went to space. What do you think happens in this movie? You think we get in time travel? Time travel, underwater. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. We already got my favorite thing. I really wanted them to go to space, and they went to space, so now I don't know what to do with it. If I were making the movie, I would do... Yes. I would do time travel and I would have it be for most of the movie. It's just time travel in like um, different, like almost like the movie next where like it's in small bursts where, and they can mm -hmm. use it as like kind of like a weapon um, mm -hmm. to like elude people in chases and stuff like that or redo moments in car chases. Like, cause there's a lot of potential for comedy there where like you can have. <laughs> so what we need to do is introduce the Omega 13 device to exactly. uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm imagining it being like that. And then they will obviously use it for an opportunity and, and you know, at, at, right before the big, uh, or maybe at the very end, for her, for Brie Larson's character to have a final goodbye with Paul Walker. Oh, yeah. And we're all going to cry, and it's going to be great. Yeah, of course. That's what I would Just do. Just like you and I cried when we went to see the movie after he died. Yes, exactly. And I think the, the, the technology to do a to do a, a a CGI version of him like and to have a fully conversation. I think we're there at this point. Yeah, just um, give get one of his brothers. Yes. Uh after seeing what they've done it. with Luke Skywalker, like you can definitely do it now. So um Oh yeah. And I'm glad honestly I'm glad they've waited until now to do it and didn't try to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> In other movies like <laughs> that would have been real oh, bad. Fake Paul Walker face it, before now would not have worked. <laughs> yeah, especially trying to like talk and like have conversations like nah, dude, don't <laughs> No. No, it's like when they it's like the re um when they had uh, Princess Leia's face on her daughter. Oh yeah, I remember it that. It did not look good. Nope. Um Star Wars was very gung-ho with that kind of technology and we were not too there much yet. so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Tron. Yeah, that that's true. Tron Legacy did it first, man, and yeah. uh, imagine if that was now, be made now. <laughs> now, yep, it works. It weirdly works with the low grade face swapping technology because it makes it seem like more of an, a digitized character. Yes, so it works in Tron. It doesn't work anywhere else. No, because Tron not. is like the only universe in which you can have that low grade kind of technology, and it will a and as it as the movie ages over time, it just makes it look like it's part of the digital background of the world that they live in. Right. I think Tron is another franchise that I think could get the like Disney Plus like series treatment that I think would be really I good. I, think I agree. Really I, good. I would love to see a, a TV show that takes place in Tron. Yeah, I because Tron world. 
Because I think that's a, it's a, I mean, you could essentially do it as like a, like a, like a neo-Western that takes place in mm-hmm. like the Tron and just do, just do it. Oh, a neon future Western sounds yeah. awesome. Yep. That takes place inside I'm, a video game. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down, I'm there. dude. I'm like, like, shut up and take my, my time and money. <laughs> exactly. Um, is there anything uh, else you want to hit on real quick before we get to Moon Knight episode two? Let me check what I've sent you. See if there's another thing. There's a couple things, but I don't oh. think there's anything that important. Oh yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Nicholas Cage's I new movie wait. is sitting at a 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Dude, there's a there's a new trailer out for that right now that I saw before uh, everything I everywhere all at once, and it is so good. It looks so good. It, it looks amazing i've already had people call me up and be like so we're going to see that movie together right, <laughs> right. and i'm like yeah yeah it's going to be uh, the thing that like warmed my heart about the the newest trailer is that there's a little bit more of of nicholas cage in it in the trailer and mm-hmm. he just seems to be having a very good time oh he's having a blast in that movie and and that and that's and i think he's earned like i'm glad that they're making this movie for nicholas cage because i think it, it like he has he like he has had a long career uh and he's an amazing prolific actor. career yes and i think he's earned a movie like this and it's such the perfect movie for a guy like this i'm i'm very excited i'm very excited <laughs> me too i can't wait to be jealous of pedro pascal the entire movie and be like but that's what i want for my life is just right. to be rich and hang out with nicholas cage <laughs> yeah exactly um and and pedro maybe pascal that's just is heaven. like yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, it would make just as much sense as anything else that happens. Yeah, exactly. I think Pedro Pascal is perfect for the the role of like the villain guy because he got to kind of love him first, and he has such he's a got lovable that boyish face. dickhead smile. Yes, that I love. Yeah. That I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's great. And I, it, it, it's nice too on a meta level because it's kind of a reversal of the role he played in Narcos. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he now he's playing kind of the Pablo Escobar guy, which is kind of cool. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that movie. I think it's going to be great. Um, and all the celebrity cameos and all of that, the references to the Nick Cage movies, I think are going to be great. I'm looking Plus, forward to it. Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish is like <laughs> yeah. secret agents is like the best too. They're yeah. just going to bicker the entire time, and I'm so yeah. happy. I, yeah, I love that too. Uh, and it's it's totally like. For as crazy as a premise of this movie is, like it is plausible that the CIA, if they were trying to take down this weird eccentric, you know, sort of narco trafficker guy, like they would go to someone who's like close to him, but like he seems to have a, an affinity for this celebrity. So let's use the celebrity. Like it, it is plausible. Like it feels like cool. Like I like it. I mean, this is also coming from a movie, but it's also, you know, real life. The government has done way crazier things. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, the government has done wild things that you'd be like, that's not real, and it's totally real. Um, (laughs) But, um, okay, let's get into Moon Knight Episode 2. First of all, I want to get your thoughts on Episode 1, because I reviewed that first episode on last week's episode with Mm -hmm. Chelsea Roberts, which was a lot of fun. Um, It was a lot of fun. I listened to it. Oh, well, thank you for listening. Yes, of course. Uh, (laughs) What did you think of Episode 1, the pilot episode of Moon Knight, briefly, and then we'll get into Episode 2. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. I'll just do my like quick elevator thing for it. Um, it's good. I like it a lot. I like where the characters are going. I like that there's a level of mystery to the character, and it, we know uh-huh. just as much as Steven, mm-hmm. which kind of helps with the come along on the ride and, <clears throat> you know, 
um, come along with me on this adventure kind of thing. Um, I like that a lot. I like the fact that I like Ethan Hawke's character. I'm not 100% sure if I don't like him yet or not. And I don't mean like right. in terms of his performance. I mean like the character. I don't know if I completely hate the character as a bad guy yet or not because some of the stuff he says in, in episode two kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, but no, I thought it was I thought it was a really good intro episode to kind of set up mm-hmm. a bunch of questions that they're that they can answer um, through the rest of the series. Um, I like the fact that Conchu kept calling him the idiot. That made me laugh. Where right. He kept when they kept swapping with the idiot is back. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh pretty hard. Um, yeah, I like the panic moment of him escaping, where it's like you're going in and out of like consciousness, and like all of a sudden he's holding a gun, and there's a dead dude next to him, and then he's like driving backwards, like you guys talked about. Um, yeah, the episode one was super fun, and it you know, it was one of those that made me kind of sad that they didn't release two at a time. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I, I like the first episode as well. Um, I yeah, I think this show is cool. I think it feels different than a lot of the other Marvel shows, which it's is good. The better, it's the best Marvel TV show so far, in my opinion. Think so? Even better I than think Loki? So. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like Loki. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Loki's not my favorite. Loki, I feel like, <laughs> was a movie, not a show. That's true. Yeah. I did feel like that as well. Yeah. Um, and I got yeah. tired of that. And the fact that Loki would do... The, Towards the end, most of the episodes were filler fluff, and then mm-hmm. they would randomly, like at the last five minutes, give you like a hook that you need to tear that would hook you to keep you watching for the next week. And I'm like, that's just not that's not good TV show making. Yeah, I, I like, really like. Yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. I you really I mean. like. Yeah, no, totally. Um, this does feel like it lends itself more to like the episodic kind of mm-hmm. storytelling. This feels like the first Marvel show that was written as a show. The pacing is correct. Like, even in the older shows, the first couple of episodes, the pacing is all off. And yeah. it continues to be off mm-hmm. as you, you know, go yeah, through. The thing, so, that hooked, yeah. the thing that I'm enjoying the most about this show, honestly, is not even on a deep level. It's just kind of an aesthetic level. Mm-hmm. I like the way the show looks. It looks, it reminds, like, I have a very soft spot in my heart for, like, history porn movies like you yes. know what i mean like <laughs> oh dude i'm the same way i just watched rob <laughs> like, roy the other night <laughs> like i love like i love like night at the museum like mm-hmm. i love um national treasure which is also oh, coming back like, as a tv show you mean history like hunter i mean yeah i mean like history fantasy like history if, if science fiction is a category i like history fiction you know what I mean? <laughs> History fiction is a category. Yeah, I love yes, that. Yes, it's most of what we read in school. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, yeah, totally. So I have a soft. And this movie is giving me all of those vibes, like from the the you know the museum in London to obviously oh, yeah. we're going to Egypt now, which I'm very glad we're doing. Oh, the ending of set episode two. Spoilers, but end yeah. of episode two, we go to Egypt, and I like that it's Stephen stuck inside the uh, the mirror. It took me a second to figure out what was going on, but mm-hmm. I like the Stephen stuck inside the mirror being like oh like you can tell like sorry this is just we're doing it backwards but you can tell mark just like yelled at him pretty hard yeah like and he's because he's like holding a blanket like he's like oh my like he's just like like, yeah he's been accosted like that's what i like i like to think when you cut in like because you see the broken mirror mark's hands all bloody like he i like to think he got drunk and like just 
tore Steven a new one and then punched the mirror to be like, as an emphasis, like, you're not getting out. Right. It, and now it, we come yeah. in just after that moment and Steven's like, oh, clutching the pearls a little bit and kind of in the yeah. aftershock because he's, he's just a befuddled little Englishman. Mm-hmm. I also love that I think it's a cool thing what they're doing because of the split personality thing and because that Steven has been, quote unquote, like kept in the dark about what Moon Knight and um, Mark Spector as Moon Knight mm-hmm. have been up to. It, it's a cool, new, like a refreshing take on the origin story because we are watching an origin story happen. We're watching the origin story essentially of the Steven. Uh, what's his last name? The Steven Grant. Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant. We're watching Stephen the... Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're watching the origin of the Stephen Grant Moon Knight, but it, like we're far removed from the Mark Spector Moon Knight origin. Like, Which he's has been, been doing going this, on for... Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> we don't know. That's the scary exactly. part. Exactly. And I think that's cool because it's like yeah. we're watching a guy become a hero, but then we also are like... In, we're 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 discovering a story that's been going on for a long time, and we're kind of watching both of those things unfold at the same time. I think it's right. really cool. I um, like it a lot. I yeah. think it's great. Let's get into a little bit of episode two then. Um, Let's do it. I got a oh, I'm, I'm still on the Morbius page. Sorry about that. I'll oh, go you're back. okay. All right, I'll read the uh, summary here uh, from Wikipedia. Right. Grant uh, Stephen Grant is fired for the damage done to the restroom. He uses the key card to access a storage locker where he finds the scarab. He speaks with his reflection, another identity in Grant's body that introduces himself as American mercenary Mark Spector, the current avatar of the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Grant is confronted by Layla, Spector's wife, who is unaware of Grant's existence before being arrested by police officers who work for Harrow. Um, the, la- the latter reveals that he was Khonshu's previous avatar until he chose to follow Amit because she prevents harm rather than seek Conchu's justice for past deeds. Harrow wants to use the scarab to find Amit's tomb and, re- and resurrect her so she can purge humanity of evil. Layla rescues Grant, uh, but Harrow summons another jackal creature. Grant manages to summon a suit of his own to fight the jackal, but is overpowered and allows Spectre to take control. Spectre kills the jackal, but loses the scarab to Harrow. Conchu threatens to claim Layla as the next avatar should Spectre fail to stop Harrow before sending Spectre to Egypt. Um, I, I have a question, and maybe you can answer this. Um, yeah, maybe. Just before we get into sure, it, go ahead. I want to... I'm catching up on the Moon Knight knowledge right now. Yeah, totally. Um, I am just because it is a lesser, little lesser. Like I'm familiar with him a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm not like it's not going to be the same knowledge level as say like some of the other stuff we talk about. Of course, but and I know I, will do I know my best nothing to answer about any and Moon all Knight. questions. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about Moon Knight. I'm just uh, I'm just getting to learn it too. Uh, and 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 trust me, I'm asking you uh, about something within the context of the show, not necessarily like oh cool the yeah, background yeah, I got of you. Moon Knight. So from I, I guess the question I'm wondering is like, what is the arrangement between the Egyptian gods and their um, and their avatars? Because what what kind of leverage do they have that like? Because when he threatens Mark by saying, "Well, I'll I'll choose I'll claim Layla as my new avatar," like, what happens if they don't? If if he goes to Layla and's like, "You're my new avatar," what if she's like, "No," 
you know what I mean? Like, and maybe we're supposed to wonder. Maybe that's I don't know. It's not. I think if an Egyptian god showed up in my living room and was like, "You're going to be my avatar," I'd probably look up from my bowl of ice cream and just be like, "Okay." And what I'm really hoping is that this show is is that I'm underestimating this show and that that ambiguity about what leverage they have over mm-hmm. their avatars is part of the show and like it, it is and it is meant to highlight the fact that like they don't really have much leverage. They just kind of impose their will because they think because they're petty and they think that like people yeah. will listen to them, but uh, behind all of it, it's kind of like an impotent rage kind of thing. I think yeah. that would be very interesting, and I kind of think that that's the way they're going with it. But that was the the ambiguity of like, well, why why does Mark Spector have to listen to Kanchu? Uh, I think is a question that's been lingering for me. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. Why can't he just be like? I don't know what the like, deal is. I don't know what the problems are. <laughs> What's up? Why can't he just be like, fuck off? <laughs> well, the, you have that moment a little bit yeah. where um, Ethan Hawke shows him where he's like, where he starts to freak out. He's like, it's okay. It's all he can do. He can't do anything without your help. That's like, true. He can yeah. blow wind. That's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you see Steven be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yep. I don't have to listen to him just because he's a giant mummified bird god that's screaming at me. Yeah. And only I can it, see him. Yeah. And I kind of like, like that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I did like that immediately when he's like, he's like, you see him? He's like, yep. He's like, what's he telling you? He's like, step his windpipe. Yeah. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> is yeah. he telling you to kill me? Yeah. I, yeah, I like his windpipe. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Harrow is not afraid at all. Like, I like no. that. That's a, That does a good, uh, it illustrates a lot about the gods in that, in that sense. Totally. You know? And I also like the fact that we get a, we get a glimpse into the actual, like a, an actual relationship because Mark isn't Mark's not there all the time. So we don't really get to see like his relationship with Mm -hmm. Konshu, but I like the fact that, you know, Ethan Hawke is also a former avatar of Konshu. So we have that insight into it as all, which into it as well, which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the leverage, what you're talking about. I don't know exactly like why they force them to do what they do, but I'm sure we'll find that out. Yeah. And it turns so. it might turn out that Mark Spector has the has the best deal of out of anybody. But I feel like it's also kind of the leverage that is used and certain things like that are also it's up to the god that wants you to serve them. That's true too. Because maybe so there you are can some get a gods good who... deal where the person's like, I'm not actually gonna manipulate you, and all you get to do is pet right. puppies all day. That's pretty my pretty much my jam. All the way to what's what Mark is having to do where he's just like the my pathway is soaked in blood. It's yep. like, well, that sounds troublesome yeah <laughs> i am very excited for the the rest of this season uh i'm very Me excited too. for the the egypt stuff um it's just, just for the fact that like i cannot wait to see you know moon knight running around the rooftops of like egyptian like villas and stuff like that like this is going to be great in the pyramids oh, it's be and awesome. whatnot yeah it's gonna be cool um yeah i'm very excited so i hope we get a little uh, werewolf by night cameo too yeah i mean that that is the sort of the the you know the rumors kind of going around uh, the speculation uh i don't want to necessarily escalate it to rumors but the speculation is that right. we'll get that but that, that that would be amazing um how do you like do you like the way the suit looks the um the moon knight's costume i like it up until the hood and the mask and okay. i can't quite figure out what i don't like about okay. the head area yeah. everything mm-hmm. else is great it's just I think the way the hood hits, it's it's a little too costumey. 
if you will, yes. where it's a little too wide and like I a little you. too stiff, where it yeah. doesn't really feel like a hood at all. Totally. There, I, I feel the same way. I think there there might be, I have no idea because I haven't watched any behind the scenes or anything, but if I had to guess, I think there's two things going on that make the head portion feel weird. Mm. One, when he does have a, one, it's supposed to mimic like mummy wrapping paper. Like it's supposed right. to look like, and I think pra- for practical reasons, um, uh, they didn't want to just wrap uh, <laughs> um, uh, Oscar Isaac's face in bandages. And so they created kind of like a, a mask slash like helmet that kind of like looks like uh, mummy paper, but it, you can tell that it's not directly onto his bone structure. So right. it makes it feel more like a helmet than it does a face wrap, which makes it feel a little costumey. Um, I think also with the hood, what I think is going on there is I think in shots where the hood are up, I think there's a there uh, there's there's obviously some shots where like the actor or the stunt double, whoever has the hood on and but doesn't have a helmet on or like the right. mask and they did added the mask digitally later and right. i think that makes it feel a little more costumey because it kind of feels like the hood you know when you have a hood on and there's like a face in there there's all these like different shadows that cast on the face and stuff like that and when you know when it's sort of the the hood up with like the the cgi mask it, it, the shadows just aren't quite nailed the way it would be if you had a, a hood on, and it, so it feels a yeah. little like you know what I mean. Totally, I I agree with you. I I'm gonna still keep watching the show and figure out what bothers me about right. it, and I'll let everybody know at some point. But yeah. like I I don't know. There's just something about it so far that the costume costume wise, like I said, body part, love it. Looks good. Looks yeah, great. It's I just so. the the hood and the, like you're saying, like the helmet face mask thing that just doesn't quite. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't quite jive for me. Yeah. When he now I will say this when it's like when he's doing like stunts and it's like more of like the fully CG double like when he's jumping through like that stuff looks great. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. I think that uh, and it's funny to say that that like the the fully CG, the CG thing looks, looks better than the looks actual better, costume. But <laughs> but I think it does. Um, when it's yeah, in motion, it looks really good. I agree. Um, yeah, that everything so far I've seen, the two suits we've seen so far have looked great in motion. Yeah, I love and I love the like the sort of Mister Knight suit, like with the you know, it's dude, like I the, want that suit, the dapper white suit. I loved that. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I you think- could literally put that. You specifically could put that suit on and That'd go walk amazing. up to somebody and be like, "Don't go home," and they'd be like, "God, yeah, exactly, <laughs> God, <laughs> Yahweh." Um, <laughs> Daddy, father, Abba. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the, I think the, I think the design all around um, looks really good. I love the way Ethan Hawke has been like realized as like sort of like a you know like a long haired kind of guru guy, like cult oh, leader. Yeah. I love the way um, the the gods look. Like I think Conchu looks great. I think that design is Conchu cool. looks great. Yeah. Do you think we're they gonna get full? Sorry, Sorry go but, ahead. I was gonna say, do you think? Uh, do you think we're going to get full sort of like Wizard of Oz treatment for these gods where like they don't actually look like that and that's just kind of like a projection and they're actually not that menacing? Oh, that would be funny. And the reason why I ask that is because they they made a choice to make like the the bird beak kind of skull thing like a floating thing that's like above the shoulders. It's not like a skeleton Underneath. It's like that in the comic books. Oh, is it like that in the comic books? Mm-hmm. Okay, so because they modified it a little bit to make the skull look like it floats a little bit more. Uh huh. 
but in the comic books, he has sometimes he has a neck, sometimes he doesn't. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm wondering if that <laughs> if if that's just the choice, and and that's actually what Kanchu looks like, or if that's a choice signaling to us that like this isn't like really what he looks like. This is some kind of like weird mystical projection kind of thing. It's um, what Steven sees. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm saying for you, the point you're trying to make is like it's more of like this is what Steven sees as the representative of Kanchu, but Kanchu doesn't actually look like that. Right. Or, or this is what Kanchu wants you to see because it makes him more menacing. That's also a good point. Yeah, that, that's well, what I was Ahmet's thinking. Ahmed's going to be terrifying as an alligator. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm thinking. I yeah, I think they're just all like if if I was making this show, that's what I would. That's the direction I would go because I think it plays better if these gods are just truly like like despicable kind of like you know yeah. what I mean? tryhards you know yes exactly <laughs> they're the guy at the gym who takes a selfie in between each set you know <laughs> dude one of my favorite things that's ever happened yeah was when i was at the gym and there's this guy it was over, the gym i was going to was over by the college in san marcos uh-huh. and so it's full of 20 something dudes like taking pictures of themselves like most of the time like at a certain time of day this wasn't that time yeah. of day but i was working uh-huh. it was just the three of us it was me the guy that was about to take photos of himself and then this like just big marine guy mm-hmm. and so the marine and i had been kind of spotting each other a little bit here and there and all that mm-hmm. stuff and then the dude goes over the college kid goes over and starts taking pictures <laughs> of his abs in the window and he's in the squat rack <laughs> and the Marine guy comes over and gets right up next to his ear and he goes, get out of the squat rack. People are trying to work out. <laughs> Good. Good for him. And then he looks at me and he goes, can you spot me? I was like, yes, that was hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can. Um, You're huge. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of this. One, one more quick thing that I have, and then I think we can wrap up. Um, yeah. This episode and episode four are directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, um, mm-hmm. who are uh, – did I talk to you about this, or was this with Chelsea? You talked to, the, you talked to Chelsea about them. Yeah, I, good, because I wanted to suggest to you, if you haven't watched either of their – any of their movies, I think you should watch um, – start with The Resolution. That's their first one okay. that I'm That's aware of. That's the one of. I haven't seen? Yeah. That one is. So really, I'll start with that. One. Th- yeah, that I need one to is, rewatch all of their stuff again anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, I'll rewatch re- the resolution. They're really good, and that that movie is is really fantastic. Uh, and I'm glad they're getting an opportunity to do more stuff. For sure. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite lines in episode two was when those two detectives come in when we find <laughs> yeah. out they're not detectives, right? And the guy holds up the pyramid paperweight. He looks at him. He's like, "What's this?" He goes, "It's a paperweight." He goes, "Where'd you get it?" <laughs> The paperweight shop. (laughs) The paperweight shop. That's very funny. Just like this, like, why do you care? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you being weird about it? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's funny. And it it is funny, too, because it's like, even if it was something nefarious, uh, like, why would I tell you that that's what it is? Yeah, exactly. Like, you think I'm just going to tell you what it is? Like, oh, it's an ancient Egyptian weapon that kills. It's like, get out of here, dude. No. Oh, that that's incriminating evidence against me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why don't I send myself to jail? Open my mouth and send myself to jail. I was literally rewatching that scene today. And I was just, all I could think of was like, oh, you want to talk? Lawyer. Yeah, exactly. That's the only word I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying shit until you send me a lawyer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Totally, man. Uh, well, Were you, you guilty any- or something? Nope. I just don't want to talk to you, <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, more more superheroes need lawyers. <laughs> yes, that's why I would love to see like you know what would be fun is to see a non daredevil version of um 
Murdoch and Nelson. Yeah. Like it's a TV show where it's like yeah. all these superhero vigilantes are coming in. Like, yeah, so I um, I accidentally blew up half of a, a, a car parking garage. They're like, okay, what were you doing? Yeah. Uh, the guy had a nuclear weapon and was trying to um, vaporize people. Like, okay, yeah. I think we can defend you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Marvel Law and Order. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Well, we're going to kind of get that with She-Hulk, so. Yeah. But yeah. she's a prosecutor. It's different. Um, it is. Cool. Whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, you have any other thoughts before we get out of here? No, it's just, I mean, it, earlier on, it's hard to talk, like, talk long. Yeah. You know, like, we probably will do, need to do an episode about Moon Knight as a whole on yeah, the back totally. end. We'll do a wrap-up. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Just to do the wrap-ups, but... Yeah, like it's hard to talk at length and ad nauseum like on these first couple episodes because they're just doing like the groundwork and they're doing it well. Yeah, the setup is great, and then now that we finally got into Egypt, I'm like, okay, we've done two episodes of setup, we've got four episodes left. Let's really, and now we're in Egypt. Like, let's let's kick the tires and light the fires. Like, that's what I want to see. Yep. Is like, let's go. Me too, and I think we'll get that. Derek, thank you so much for doing yet another episode My of the pleasure, Weekly Regular. Man. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Cinephile84 on Instagram, C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E-8-4 on Instagram, and Derek, D-E-R-E-K underscore Nickel, N-I-C-K-E-L on Twitter. Cool, cool, cool. You can find me at Asan the DJ on social media. That's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. Uh, or my website at Asan.com. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at theweeklyregular.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, all of that good crap. Um, Derek, thank you again so much for doing this, and we will see y'all next week.